Hey everyone, it's Naila Alexander here, and you're listening to the Gen Z Agenda podcast. I'm your host, Naila Alexander. This is a podcast where I discuss, analyze, and critique popular topics. If you want to check out my recent episode, my last episode was on imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is known as imposter phenomenon or fraud syndrome. It's a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being a fraud. The episode before that was another life update episode, which is called What I Want for Myself at 22 where I basically talked about turning 22, what that means for me, and what I want for myself at that age. And I also want to remind you to follow the Instagram for this podcast, which is at the Gen Z underscore agenda podcast. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode on what no one tells you about college. When I sat down to write this episode, I pondered heavily on the things that no one tells you about college, the things that you would only know if you attended college. And one of the main things that I realized is that everyone, literally everyone tells you that college is hard and that it's nothing similar to anything that you've experienced in academia yet nobody really prepares you for it everyone just tells you that college is hard and their advice pretty much stops at that like when you really think about it nobody really prepares you for college i actually went to a college prep high school so you would think that graduating from a school like that you would feel confident going into the four years to come but that really wasn't the case for me i feel like most of my teachers thought that They were preparing us for college and for what's to come, but I don't actually think that they did that. What I noticed was them using scare tactics. I went to a Catholic college prep school and using scare tactics to teach students important lessons seems to be a trend among religious schools for some reason. I don't really know why, but it seems to be a thing. There was a teacher... In my high school career, I think I had her my senior year that I really feel like prepared me for the constant homework and time management aspect of college. Like I went into college knowing how to write a research paper because we had to write one every year. And I went into it knowing how to write a fairly good essay, I guess. And those are great tools to have. But looking back at it now, there's more to college prep than the obvious like there's more to college than time management and the constant burden of homework and obviously those are huge parts of it and many students struggle with that but like i said there are more struggles in that and i feel like schools should shouldn't neglect those aspects and that they should be part of the college prep curriculum something as simple as making all seniors take like a mindfulness class on how to ease stress and not get too anxiety ridden like would go far i don't think that advanced curriculum should make a school like a college prep school and i know that's technically what it is because college prep schools are technically schools where The curriculum is meant to be advanced in order to get you into college. 
I think the focus shouldn't just be on getting students into college. It should be preparing students in order to succeed in college. The college prep that high school prides themselves on shouldn't begin and end at daily homework assignments that take hours to complete. Academic anxiety, college burnout, and the impossible rigorous academic standards that us college students are supposed to live up to and surpass are some of the other struggles that college students face on a daily basis that no one ever bothers to tell you about. In this episode, we're going to be discussing just that. Let me start by debunking the myth that college students are lazy and don't work hard enough. Many of us are actually exhausted and experiencing burnout. I've been there and if I'm going to be completely honest, I'll probably be experiencing this again this semester. Unfortunately for me, it's something that I've experienced almost every year since starting college. So raise your hand if you've sacrificed your physical, emotional, and mental well-being to overwork yourself, which leads you to suffer from exhaustion and eventually into a depressive state. You can't see, but my hands are raised right now. And if you don't believe me, college burnout is real. This May, the Health Organization added burnout to the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases. They define burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It leads to energy depletion, feeling detached from, or excessively negative feelings towards obligations and underperforming at work. Other symptoms of burnout include irritability, fatigue, depression, overwhelming anxiety, and avoiding work or social settings. More than half of college students reported that their level of stress negatively affected their college experience and 85% said that they felt overwhelmed. Studies have also shown that college burnout has direct harmful impacts on your brain and physical and mental health. According to the American Psychological Association, burnout also contributes to insomnia, reduced cognitive function, blood disorders, and even coronary heart disease. When experiencing burnout, we can forget at this time that it's important to take care of ourselves. Never forget that you need to treat yourself like you're the main character in a movie or TV show because you're the main character in your own life and you need to treat yourself as such. And self-care is important and it's not something that you should neglect. And everyone thinks of self-care differently. I know for me, whenever I'm experiencing college burnout, I skip classes and I know that it's technically like not a good thing to do but when i'm really exhausted i just need a break and i need time off from that atmosphere so yeah i'd be skipping hella classes like last year when the covid thing started i didn't go to school for like two weeks because i was just so exhausted so when school finally like shut down it didn't really impact me because i hadn't been going to my classes for two weeks and i was just completing all my assignments online i mean don't be excessive like me and don't go to class for two weeks because once you start especially in college it's really hard to stop and you kind of get into that into um a pattern but if you're exhausted and what you need is to not go to your 8 a.m. class and just don't go. That's probably horrible advice, but honestly, it worked for me. Like, just like skipping class to go home and watch Rick and Morty or just to skip class and go eat. Like, it really calms me down. Or skipping class to go home and take a nap. Those are fire. 
All I'm saying is that self-care looks differently for all I'm saying is that self-care is different for different people and if you are exhausted and can't make it to your 8 a.m. constitutional history class, honestly no one will fault you. Speaking of no one faulting you, my my college is actually really weird and they actually care about attendance and they say that it's related to financial aid because they want to know if you're attending all your classes because if you're not attending any of your classes, they won't give you money. So a lot of my classes actually do take attendance, like my medical terminology class last semester, he took attendance every single class, even when we... we when we were on zoom you would take attendance it was so lame but yeah at my school attendance is mandatory i the reason i skip classes i only skip class when i know the professor's really lenient about it or if it's a lecture class where all the professor's doing is lecturing i'm skipping that and i think a policy at my university is that you can only have like six absences per semester, some shit like that. Like, I think that's what my French teacher said. I don't know. It's really weird. But I kind of went on a little tangent, so let me get back to track. Anxiety is your body's way of telling you that there's something in the environment that needs your attention. It's a series of biochemical changes in your brain and body, such as an increase in adrenaline causing your heart to beat faster and a decrease in dopamine, a brain chemical that helps to block pain. These changes result in a state of heightened attention to the source of your anxiety. And anxiety isn't always a bad thing, it's actually a completely normal reaction to certain situations. And there's a clear relationship between anxiety and student performance, so if a student's level of performance is low, then their level of anxiety is high. Academic anxiety actually has four components, which are worry, emotionality, task-generated interference, and study skills deficits. So worry mostly deals with predictions of failure, self-degrading thoughts, or preoccupation with the consequences of doing poorly. There are thoughts that prevent you from adequately focusing on and successfully completing your academic work. Emotionality actually has happened to me quite a few times and it's basically biological symptoms of anxiety so your heart beating fast or your palms getting sweaty if you're taking a test or if you're doing an assignment that you have no idea how to complete muscle and breathing relaxation exercises are the most effective strategies for emotionality task generated interference are behaviors related to the task at hand that are unproductive and preventing success from forming. So if you're taking a test and you're constantly thinking about or looking at the clock in the room, you're not actually focusing on the task at hand, you're focusing on the clock and the time. Spending a lot of time trying to answer one question on a test when you can go back to that one and answer all the other questions is also another example of task-generated interference. So personally for me, when I've experienced this, I normally just study harder. So if I'm taking a test and I'm really stuck on, I'll basically 
finished that test, but knowing that I was stuck on a few questions for the next exam, I'll basically revamp my entire study guide to make it more comprehensive as so that I don't focus my study. One aspect of the studying material, it's better for me to study cumulatively. Okay, now this one, I actually experience quite a lot, which is the study skills deficits. So this has to do with problems occurring with your current study methods that create anxiety. So do you ever like study really hard for an exam? Your study guides are really comprehensive. They're really neat. You think that the study guide you have will make you ace your test and then you take your test and you flop. Well, that happens to me a lot. That actually used to happen to me pretty frequently in elementary and high school. And so when that happens, normally it creates more anxiety for you. Last minute cramming is also another example of study skills deficits, as well as poor note taking and not knowing the answers to the test when you're taking them. Most people experience a combination of these components of academic anxiety. And I shouldn't fail to mention procrastination and how that plays a huge role in the struggles that college students face. Procrastination essentially means to put off something or to postpone it for another day or another time. And academic procrastination is a form of procrastination that's directly linked to education. Procrastination has also been found to result in stress, anxiety, a sense of guilt and crisis, health problems, and severe loss of productivity, as well as social disapproval for not meeting responsibilities or commitments. The components of academic anxiety that I mentioned before could also result in an increase in procrastination as well. The reason why I wanted to mention academic anxiety in this episode of what they don't tell you about college is that I feel like for many students, they didn't experience any type of academic anxiety, whether it was in elementary, middle school, or high school, and so college was kind of their first experience with this. And I mean, if it is for most students, it's something that they should tell you about, it's something that you should learn how to and like even in high school especially with my math exams i would get so much chest anxiety that no matter how many weeks or how many days i spent studying for an exam i would get the test and all of the equations would just blink like i would not remember a single equation that i studied for even if i studied for the test for weeks and i would look at the test and it would just be blank because i didn't know what to put that actually happened to me a lot in high school. I had a lot of test anxiety and I had a lot of, um, and I just procrastinated a lot. And I really feel like those are things that we could be taught how to manage because I mean, for me, it just got to the point where I didn't even want to go to school and I didn't even want to take tests because I knew I would fail them and I knew I would get so worked up that I would just forget how to answer any of the math problems yeah and honestly it just made me hate school and i really wish that i learned how to properly deal with the academic anxiety that i was facing in high school because honestly it just got worse when i entered college i'm also using this article as a source it's called academic anxiety and overview by 
Metahuri Huda, and she says this and I quote, Study and exam related anxiety is a problem for many students, whether or not they are focused on achieving academic excellence, and it's something that can affect students of any age. Nobody is immune to academic anxiety, but there are plenty of things they can do to reduce anxiety that centers on studying and exams. So I'm going to give you some advice on how to reduce academic anxiety. So the first step is to change your study habits and have good note-taking skills. So everybody takes notes differently and studies differently. Some people prefer writing them down on paper. Some people prefer going electronic. It really depends on you. It depends on how you study. So I'm a very visual learner and I like writing my notes down or I like taking basically like bullet points of the lecture and then I'll go into my computer and then go write basically more in-depth notes based on the bullet points that I took in class. Also, I mentioned this before about colleges only prepping you for time management skills and it's definitely something that you need in college. Like, I don't know why, but I just feel like as soon as you go to college, time just goes faster and you feel like you have all the day to complete something. But in reality, you only have like two hours to do it. So time management is obviously a skill that is essential. I just read this and I thought it was interesting and it says students should have lower goals and focus on performance levels. Steifman says that lowering your goals achieves more. This could help to relieve stress and boost academic success. Instead of setting goals to be getting the highest grade in class, set a goal to be satisfied with your performance. That's actually really accurate. I actually never thought about it like that. But it kind of has a point because when you have such high expectations for yourself and when you set your goals really high and then you don't achieve them, you always feel like a failure. Oh, so maybe you should lower your goals and focus on just being satisfied. That's really smart. I think I might just start doing that. And a way to manage chest anxiety is to just prepare yourself. And if you feel like you adequately prepared yourself in the past for a test and then you flopped, prepare yourself in a different way because test anxiety is frequently caused by poor preparation. And if you're like me and you fear taking tests, then I just implemented um, psychology so I would just implement self-talk and I would just tell myself like you can do this you adequately studied for this like you can get a pretty decent grade if you just focus um things like that instead of just constantly putting myself down and I just tried to relax it didn't really work but I would just try and breathe in and out before I would take exams and just clear my head and focus on the task at hand the overwhelming workload of college as well as academic anxiety can also relate to poor mental health. So academic stress can also contribute to mental problems such as anxiety, tension, and hopelessness. Students with academic stress are prone to having negative attitudes because of various reasons such as career development and high expectations on academic results. 
I mean, if that's not me. It's also really important for students to manage stress well because if not, it can actually affect their academic performance and increase the chance of psychological distress. I think between the financial burden that is college and the burden that it takes on your mental and physical health, something that's really hard to do. Honestly, I don't think us students get the credits we deserve and it's crazy that all of these things that I talked about are things that they don't tell you about college. Like they tell you the obvious, but they don't tell you about how it's really like. I feel like somebody needs to talk about it and I guess that someone's me, but for, honestly for everything that I've struggled with through college, I really honestly just can't wait to graduate because it's going to be such a fulfilling moment for me and I just can't wait to experience that. I wanted to talk about the rigorous and impossible standards of college admissions during this episode, but it's already getting pretty long so I think I'm just going to save that topic for another episode completely. Anyways, I really hope you enjoyed this episode on what they don't tell you about college. You're listening to the Gen Z Agenda, and I'm your host, Naila Alexander. See you soon. Bye.